Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Podcast. My name is Todd Lesher. I'm the host of the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, and we've moved. We've actually started a brand new podcast called the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, and we'd love for you to check that out, to subscribe, and even to rate and review so we can get the word out there. So please go check it out on iTunes and then share it with some friends and family so that we can continue to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus a priority in their families. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. We want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It's good to be with you again. Today, our guest is David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Forest Hill Church. David, it is so good to have you with us. Thanks Thanks for joining us. It's great being with you. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, You have obviously shared a lot about your family and parenting throughout the years, but give our listeners a little refresher about your family just in general. Sure. I have a daughter, Bethany, who is now 31 years old, married to Ryan, a church planter on the Mm -hmm. southeast side of Charlotte. Uh, They've been doing it for a couple of years now and have some success. Cool to watch that happen. Uh, Bethany always said to Marilyn, I want your life. And Marilyn would teasingly (laughs) say, you don't want my life as a preacher's wife. And she said, yes, I do. And she's got Marilyn's life. Yeah, she's got it. Uh, um, my second child is named David Banner. Uh, mm-hmm. David is um, 27. He's married to Jesse. No children yet. Uh, mm-hmm. He just graduated from Valparaiso University on a four-year basketball scholarship mm-hmm. ride. And uh, he and Jesse are still waiting for their first child to come. He's an entrepreneur starting a new business. Oh, uh, great. Really great kid. Love him a lot. And my third child is Michael. He's 21. He's mm-hmm. a senior at the University of Missouri. Um, he had the basketball bug, but interestingly got cut in his seventh grade basketball experience. Mm. Devastating uh, because I, of course, played basketball in North Carolina years ago. His brother was a Division One scholarship awardee, and here he was getting cut. But it was mm-hmm. the best thing that ever happened to him because he also swam at that point. It forced him to jump in the pool full time. Yeah. Uh, he's now, um, I would say, an elite swimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is probably going to graduate as Missouri's all-time uh, most decorated oh, swimmer, wow. which is kind of cool. I didn't know that. And yeah. uh, I can't swim worth a lick. I almost <laughs> drowned twice as a child. So yeah. how God would give me a great swimmer, I don't know, but I sure have enjoyed watching him become good. Yeah. Uh, and I have four grandchildren yes. uh, through Ryan and Bethany. Um, they are Anna Grace, who's six, uh, Caleb, who's four, Emily, two, and newborn Joshua. Fantastic. You're doing a great job keeping track. Yeah, I've, I've got the memory <laughs> still here. That's encouraging yep. at this age and stage of life. Yep, yep. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, with us. And I know our church has just been blessed by you and Maryland and what you've shared about family and parenting. And so I hope to have you on a bunch of times, you know, on to the future. But I just want to talk about uh, your Davidisms when it comes to (laughs) family and parenting. And I passed them on in 37 years at the same place. You have, and they're memorable, (laughs) and they're classic. And, you know, it's just some of the things that we associate with you and your leadership. And uh, I know our parents are going to benefit from hearing about them again and hearing you unpack them. You know, when you give them in a sermon, you give them about two minutes of, you know, the stage space or up to five minutes, but you can't really give a whole, a lot of time to it. So I thought we would do that on this podcast. It'd be my pleasure, Todd. So let's start with, uh, one of the uh, probably top five, you know, how many we end up doing here will be great. But, um, the Davidism we will start with is that kids spell love, T-I-M-E. <laughs> well, so it's true. Yep. Definitely true. Um, 
I don't know where I got that from. Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere along the line, I probably heard it and adopted it. I don't know. I don't think I'm creative enough to have mm -hmm. thought of it myself, but it certainly has guided my understanding of child rearing. Uh, yeah. And it's just rooted in the reality uh, that kids want to spend time with their parents. And yeah. you can't tell your kids you really love them unless you're willing to spend time with them. Right. And long after uh, they have forgotten a lot of other stuff about you as a parent, they will remember that you were there at their very special moments uh, mm -hmm. in their lives. And just hangout time, yeah. uh, it's so important. Yeah. Can you make a distinction? When we talk about time, it has a number of different angles or facets to time in general. But just get specific when it comes to quality time and quantity time with your kids. How would you delineate those? Well, Todd, I'm asked that a lot, and I really don't understand the difference. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have quality time without quantity time. That's like yeah. going into a restaurant and ordering a filet mignon, and they bring you a one-inch cube <laughs> filet mignon, and you go, wait a minute, I wanted uh, a full steak. They yeah. go, yeah, but it's delicious, this yeah. one-inch cube steak, and you're yeah. going, yeah, but I want the whole thing. Right. And I think kids feel the same way. Yeah. You want to give them quality time, which is that one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, mm -hmm. eyeball to eyeball, high touch, hug time. That's so important, but it's got to be often. It, it's yeah. got to be more than just five minutes at a time. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't take those five minutes at a time mm -hmm. before they go to bed or when you come home from work or whatever yeah. that might be, but you've got to set aside certain amounts of the quality and quantity time where yeah. you are with them over a period of moments where you can really develop that relationship mm -hmm. because that's what kids are really after. They want a relationship with their mom and dad. They want a friendship with their mom and dad. Now, certainly mom and dad still have to be the authority figure over mm -hmm. them. You've got to always struggle with, hey, I'm your friend, but I'm also your boss. I'm yeah. your parent. Yeah. And that struggle is real. But on the other hand, you can't have a real meaningful oversight of them if you don't have a relationship with them. So yeah. the phrase kids spell love, T-I-M-E, is just emphasizing that kids really need concerted, long-term mm -hmm. times with mom and dad yeah. so that they can get to know one another and really develop that intimate relationship because that's what kids really want is the time with, kid, with yeah. their parents. If I put it in a couple categories that uh, for my life and the kind of the application is I have five minutes with my kids in the car on the way to school. That is not quantity time, but I can make that time quality. It's not unimportant, and you can do right. a lot in that time period. Yep. In fact, I would say my wife, Marilyn, led all three of our kids to Christ mm. while driving in her yeah. van to and from school. Yep. And it was in that 30 minutes to and from that she had the radio turned off, all music gone, and they just talked. And yep. we, we jokingly call it evangelism <laughs> because of that. that's the time yep. she did yep. so. But you take advantage of every moment that yeah. you have. But again, don't discard the the need for those long periods of time, exactly. the hour, the two hours, yep. when it's just you with them building that loving relationship. Yeah. It's not a decent substitute. It doesn't equal out there. So exactly what you're saying, the, the week, and I think of like family vacations can be at both quantity and quality if you're intentional. Exactly. And uh, fathers who tell me, well, I don't have time to take family vacations. I say, you don't have time not to take yes, a family yep. vacation. You've got to have even yep. more than a couple of hours, but a whole week, maybe two weeks with your child. And during that time period, I know my freshest, most, vis most vivid memories are with my children during that mm -hmm. couple of weeks vacation yep. time that we would take annually. Yeah. I think about that too, with my family growing up. Well, I have a general question and a specific question for this. How did this principle drive you and Marilyn as parents in general, and then especially 
closely with the demands and expectations of your job. And you kind of made that connection with you don't have time not to do this. So kind of give us both perspectives. Yeah, we just made a decision early on when we were able to finally have children that we were going to spend time with them. Maybe one of the advantages we have in developing this Davidism of uh, Kids Spell Love, T-I-M-E, was the fact that for eight years we didn't have them. And we wanted them, and we tried desperately to have them, but Marilyn was diagnosed with endometriosis. Mm -hmm. This is another story for maybe another podcast, but by God's grace and miraculous power, she was healed dramatically of that endometriosis so that the first time we could try thereafter, we had Bethany, our daughter. So when you've had to wait a long time for a child, you Mm -hmm. really appreciate having them. So maybe that was an advantage that we had. When she finally came, we said, we're going to spend not only quality, but quantity time with this child. And then when the other two came in intervals of four years and five years Mm -hmm. later, and so obviously with our last one, we were older when Michael came, uh, we still had that as a principle that we absolutely followed. Mm -hmm. And Todd, you know, I had opportunities to go speak at a lot of places and travel Mm -hmm. around. And I declined them. I just said, no, I'm not going to do it because I felt like that travel would take me away from my Mm -hmm. family. And and I believed in ministry that if I didn't have that quality relationship with my kids, loving Christ and not rebelling against me and the love I have for my Lord, I didn't really have a valid ministry at Forest Hill. Mm -hmm. So we made sure that every Friday night was Mm -hmm. our family home night. And we spent several hours together, pizza, movies, all of that kind of thing. Saturday nights before we had our Saturday night. Right, service, right. we would have our family worship time where mm-hmm. we would read a scripture, act it out, teach them mm-hmm. tithing, give them 10 dimes. One dime goes to the church and yeah. then they would put the nine other dimes in the plate the next day. And, and we would pray together and ask what they were concerned about. We would hear their mm-hmm. fears, their anxieties. So every week we had that set aside. Yeah. And then every night, of course, before they went to bed, we would have that very special time of prayer with them. They're never more vulnerable than right yeah. before they're ready to go to sleep. Yeah. So building that in with um, the vacation times, we just had a rhythm mm. of time with them. And I, I know other people who have opportunities to be on the road and speak and build their platform and all that may choose to do differently. I can't judge them. All I can say is for me, I could not do both. Right. I could not be a great dad mm. to my kids and try to be a celebrity pastor out there. So I yes. chose to be with my kids because yeah. I think that's the higher calling. Yeah. Now, one of the things that has stuck out to me, and I always appreciated about my parents, is when I was on the basketball court, that was my sport, I'd look up in the stands, and there there were my parents, religiously, right? We were at church on Sundays and Wednesdays, and they were at my basketball games on Tuesdays and Fridays. So when you think think of your three kids specifically, how did you apply this principle to each one of them to give them that individual time? Well, my mom and dad were in the stands for me, just like yours Mm -hmm. were. And I remember one game against Bishop Moore High School. The score was tied 50 to 50 with five seconds left. And uh, we came on the court to play the final five seconds and we had the ball. And I looked up in the stands and there were four nuns who were all crossing themselves, I think, (laughs) praying that Bishop Moore would win. I looked up in the stands and there was my mom with her head bowed, praying that we would win and not trying to make a theological statement. But we hit the basket at the buzzer and won the game. Anyway, that was a model for me. Mm -hmm. And what wonderful times I had with my dad after the game, Mm. talking about the game, because he'd been there and he'd seen it happen. So all three of my kids were athletes. And so I made a decision that I would be at every single one of their athletic events from their earliest ages. Mm -hmm. And Todd, I wrote those appointments into my schedule like I would any other appointment. And if somebody would call me and say, hey, you know, can you have this meeting at four o'clock on Thursday afternoon? I say, you know, I have another appointment. I didn't tell 
tell them it was one of right, my kids' right, sporting events, but right. it was another appointment. Mm-hmm. And I made that sacrosanct. I would not allow myself to be pulled away from my time with them. And I know they remember to this day all the times that I was in the stands with Maryland watching their games and being there for them. And then afterwards, again, that wonderful time simply to talk about how they yeah. performed and sometimes to let them cry on my shoulder when they didn't perform that well. Yeah, yeah. And what you essentially said in kind of that discipline was, yeah, I have my business, my job, but then my family is my business too. And so you calendared that or you scheduled family in a very similar way. Is I'm a I, kind of a new thought forming in my brain over the past couple of months is, am I ambitious with my family as much as I am with my work? And it sounded like you're scheduling did that exactly portrayed that well I felt like I could be successful in this church and grow it to multiple thousands mm-hmm. but if my family fell apart I'd feel yeah. like a failure yeah so yeah. I felt like I needed to make sure my family didn't fall apart and that all my kids loved the Lord and all of them walked closely with Christ and plus they would see Marilyn and me be close together and our marriage last forever then I would feel successful and the church is almost a, oh yeah. and by the way yeah so uh, just reiterate the, the importance of scheduling that time with your kids, putting it on the calendar, whatever you need to do. Well, let me put it another way. Um, kids um, spell love, T-I-M-E, but also kids are more concerned about your presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, mm. than your presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. That's yeah. another Davidism yeah. that you've heard me through the years. Yeah. And we, we tend to think that if we just give them stuff, they'll yeah. be okay. We've got to be there for them. And again, the only way you can be there for them is to adapt your life to their lives and not mm. to say, well, I'll fit you in whenever I can out of my busy schedule. Yeah. You've got to say you are of primary importance and I'm going to write you into my calendar on a regular basis concerning whatever events you're involved in. And I probably should note here that Bethany, for example, played the piano. She played the violin mm. uh, and some other things. Uh, there were other school plays they were in and they were every bit as important as their athletic events. Mm-hmm. So the, all of those were written into my calendar and we would be there no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And you've just got to be intentional about it. You've got to take the lead on it. You've got to say it's more important than anything mm-hmm. else. And when you make that the priority and write it into your schedule, it's an appointment that it goes alongside all the all your other appointments but you know in your mind is for the purpose of spelling love t-i-m-e for your kids yeah making their interest your interest exactly and 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 michael for example with the swimming i mean i didn't know anything about swimming Mm -hmm. again i did i almost drowned twice as a child and yet he loved swimming he was becoming better and better at it so i made the effort to really learn and study the four different strokes the Mm -hmm. different meters the different yards the different kinds of things are part of swimming and, and suddenly i'm learning something that's really cool, but also I'm adjusting to his life and what he loves, not him to mine. Yeah. Well, to kind of connect back to your comment about presence and presence, why is it easy for parents? Why do you think it's easy for parents to kind of shift that mindset from kids spell love, T-I-M-E, to spelling love, (laughs) S-T-U-F-F? Why does that happen? Why is it so easy? Well, I think that it's easy to go buy something and just give it to your kid and then go get busy with your own interests. 
uh, it's much harder to sit down and really try to examine what's going on in your kids' hearts. Um, one of the most important questions parents can ask their kids when they're with them one-on-one is, how's your heart? Hmm. What's going on inside of you? Yeah. And then you've got to do the hard work of listening to their fears, their anxieties, their hopes, their dreams, and then involve yourself in their lives. Again, so much easier to buy them a present, something they may want, and give it to them, then walk away. But it's really hard to sit down and build that relationship with them. But the second's what will reap the fruit of so many years of blessing and them yeah. turning out the way you want them to turn out. Yeah. One thing we say on the podcast is that we really believe that, that parents are are the spiritual leaders of their family in that way. And that can be intimidating for some parents. Kind of like what you just said is they may, may feel like they don't have all the answers when it comes to their kids' questions. But this this time principle, when it comes to shaping their lives relationally, emotionally, and spiritually, why is it so important? Well, you are developing their faith for the rest of their lives. Now, ultimately, they've got to make that decision themselves, but the environment in which you place them will cause them to make the decisions that they make. And, you, you know, here's another Davidism mm -hmm. that I love, and that's faith is not uh, caught, it's not taught, it's caught. Yeah, yeah. Faith is not taught, it's caught. Yeah. And we tend to think as the spiritual leaders of our homes, especially us dads, that we've got to know the Bible mm -hmm. through and through and pray in deep theological terms and make sure our kids know all of these different facts. And that's not unimportant, but mm -hmm. what's most important is they see faith be meaningful to you. Yeah. I, mean, I can yeah. remember with my own dad, I don't remember a whole lot of what he taught me, mm -hmm. but I do remember that in times of crisis, he was on his knees praying to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I do know that in times of trouble, he was thumbing through the scripture, trying to find something that would yeah. help him get through that time. So I saw him live out his faith. And again, mm -hmm. long after I've forgotten most everything he's taught me, I remember the deep faith that that man had and how it got him through so many difficult times. And me saying to myself, I want that faith. Mm -hmm. I want what he has. That's what's going to impress kids. Not necessarily what comes out of your mouth, but how you live your life. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. My, my middle child has a posture that he takes when he's watching us, when he's catching what we're doing, whether it's when I'm hugging his mom or um, if I'm making something in the kitchen or I'm sitting down and, and reading my Bible, he'll stand there and he'll cock his neck, you know, and he'll just watch and mm. either cross his arms and you can tell that like he's watching TV, he's, lo he's locked in even just for that moment and going, what are they doing? What? Why is dad doing that? Why is mom doing that? So you're absolutely and, right. And if you're fighting, they're asking the question, exactly. are you guys okay? Yeah. Because they're yep. seeing a lot of their friends, families divorcing and they're going, are you guys going to split? Is that yeah. going to happen? Yeah. And they're asking those questions. They're mm -hmm. watching what's going on in your personal life and your lives together. Yep. And, and here's another Davidism mm -hmm. we can talk about maybe in another yep. podcast, but I love it. The, the night before I married Marilyn, I asked my dad for one advice uh, mm -hmm. in marriage. And I said, dad, what should that be? And I'll never forget his answer. Todd, he said, son, the best gift you can ever give your children is to love their mother. That's, I mean, that's, that's it. Like it's, it's the simplest thing, right? But it goes back to either, no, it's stuff. Yeah. Oh, if I just give them more stuff, it's like, no, health is what you're giving them. You're giving them a healthy perspective. But they, they want you. They, they yeah, want your yeah, involvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want your yeah. example. They want your uh, presence when they're going through tough yeah. times or when they're just going through a fun time. They want you. That's what yeah. they want more than anything else in the world. Talk, talk a little bit more about them observing uh, conflict in the home mm -hmm. and how... Uh, parents can just be mindful of that, that conflict is real, 
right? And um, we're not going to avoid it sometimes, but that we can help our children kind of understand what's going on. I think an unhealthy home is where kids never see conflict between mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And then they grow up thinking they're going to marry and never have conflict in their homes, which is just not true. Every person has conflict. Marriage is the PhD level of learning servanthood. And of mm -hmm. course, Jesus desires that we become servants more than anything else. Mark 1045, for the Son of Man did not yeah. come to be served, but to serve and to give his life away as a ransom for many. So if we really believe that, uh, we must know then that with men and women, we're so different and not only in our physiological differences, but we're different in our backgrounds from where we've mm. come and how we look at life. And marriage is that place where we bump into each other. Yeah. And God uses it most often to shave off those selfish right, edges right. in us. And so when we bump into each other, which most marriages do, mm -hmm. I think if a kid sees that conflict and those sparks that happen between mom and dad, don't get overly concerned, but please make sure they see along with the conflict, the resolution. Yeah, yeah. They see you apologize. They see you ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. They see you hug. I remember one couple, one time they brought their child into counsel with me because they were having trouble with him and them. And they were seated on either side of the couch and the child was in the middle and they started carping at one another. And finally, after some time things settled down they started feeling some more motion positively toward one another and the child reached over and took the mom's hand mm. then reached over and took the dad's hand and put them together on his lap mm -hmm. and with that language he was saying very clearly yeah. to mom and dad I want you guys to be one and if you're okay I'm okay yeah. so parents I think should not be overly concerned with conflict although there is very destructive conflict yeah. Yeah. you do need to be concerned about let me make that mm -hmm. notation here very clearly but you know normal conflict that happens in a marriage should not scare parents and indeed I would be one to say let it happen in front of your children just make sure they see conflict yeah. resolution yeah absolutely well, David, this has been awesome. It, it is so simple and yet so powerful if parents can grab onto this principle that kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Can you give them a practical takeaway to, to act on right away, or would you summarize? One or the other. Well, uh, the summary would be make sure you spend time together and make sure you write it into your calendars mm -hmm. on a very regular basis. And the two things I would say to both mom and dad is write it into your calendar as if it's another appointment. Make yep. sure it's there among all your others. And it is unbreakable. Yeah. It just can't be touched. Secondly, as a family, write into your schedule some kind of family home night mm -hmm. where the whole family's together eating pizza, watching a movie, yep. popping popcorn, having fun, playing games, whatever it is. And every week those kids know that sacrosanct time mm -hmm. is not going to be broken either. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you do those two things, you're beginning to walk down the road of understanding the kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Yeah. Awesome. David, thank you so much. Would you mind praying a prayer for our yeah, I'd, I'd families love to. as we finish? I'd love to, Todd. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Well, Father, you know that you created the family. It's not our idea. It's yours. And you made it very clear that the health of the nation begins with the nuclear family. And as the nuclear family is torn apart, so the nation's moorings start to become weaker. I would pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to rebuild marriages and families especially those that call themselves followers of Jesus, and do so in powerful ways. My first prayer would be that husbands and wives would recovenant themselves to one another. They'd lock the door from the outside. They'd say, we can't get out of this thing. We made a covenant commitment to 
Christ and to one another, and they would begin to work out their own issues in that covenant love relationship. And then, Lord, secondly, I would just pray that that mom and dad would see those precious gifts from heaven, those wonderful little children bestowed upon them as your most precious gifts to them. And I pray that they would value them and value them by treasuring time with them. And I pray, Lord, that you would take out all of the mom and dads who are listening to this program's calendars and let them put on them time with their kids and put on them time as a family with their kids. And we would begin to see the families of this nation grow and be stronger and model for especially this millennial generation that's skeptical about marriage and the family, but so wanting that to happen, that there can be strong, godly, good Christian marriages that they can have and be the blessing of their lives like I've known with my Marilyn for almost four decades, and the four uh, grandchildren we now know and the three beautiful children you've given us. So thank you, Lord, that I've been able to speak to some numbers out there today, and I pray my words and the meditations of my heart would help encourage parents and families to be all that you desire them to be through the glory of Jesus in whose name I pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on, parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.